This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Invest Talk. It is Wednesday, August 21st, 2019. And, of course, there's been a lot of news and a lot of things happening. The market was up today, and it's been volatile. It's been very, very volatile, up, down, up again. I mean, and we're still in the midst of the correction. We haven't worked our way out of it yet, and I don't think we're going to do it anytime soon. So don't expect it. Just don't. We're going to be working through this for a bit. No one knows where the market's going to go. There's no saying, well, this is going to go here and that's going to go there. If you ever read that or hear that and they give you how much it's going to go down, they're lying. There's no no predicting the market. I can help predict the economy and predicting the economy has told us what the market generally does when the economy does X, the stock market does Y. But we, there's no real predicting it, okay? You can say the market's overvalued. You can say the market has normally has a 10% correction when it corrects. You can, because those are historical norms, but you just never know for sure. Never. You just never know. So don't ever believe it when someone tells you that they know what's going to happen. They don't. I don't. Anyways, I'm Steve Peasley, and I thank you for joining me today. And I hope you'll call me and drive the show wherever direction you want to go. As long as it's financial, we'll go there. I want you to take advantage of it. Take advantage of me trying to give you unbiased opinions and advice about what the market's doing or the economy. So this is all in our effort for us to achieve financial freedom, to get to that point. That's what it is. That's what it's about. So I'm going to do that this hour get you to try to put you on that path to financial freedom, whatever that means to you. And to do that, you need to call. The number is 888-99-CHART. We're live, 888-99-CHART, C-H-A-R-T. Now, quickly, I want to let you know that my no-cost portfolio review consultation dates for August and September are now fully booked. But there was a lot of demand for it, so I'm going to return to San Jose on uh, Thursday, October 10th. Plus, I'm going to return to New York City Thursday, November 7th. I know it seems like far out, but it doesn't buy. It comes around fast. So I'll be there Thursday, November 7th. So if you want to meet with me. So don't delay because it'll probably fill up again. And, you know, I've only had so many, so much time I can devote to these things. I got many other things to do. But I really like doing these things, talking to people, meeting with people. And I enjoy going to New York. I mean, that's where my first real job was out of college here in California. First real job was right down in um, Wall Street. So I used to come out of the old World Trade Center every day for several years from the from the from the Erie Lackawanna Erie Lackawanna train in New Jersey to the path tubes under the Hudson River out of out the World Trade Center walk across to 150 William Street that's where I worked for several years anyways so if you want to book a meeting with me go to investtalk.com send me an email give me a call we'll set up an appointment okay my main talking point today 
with varied performances, varied with varied performances for the Fang stocks, as Facebook, Apple, Amazon, Netflix, and Google, in recent weeks, the prospect of increased regulation is coming back to haunt big tech. There is. We talked a little bit about this yesterday. I want to talk a little bit about more, a little bit more today, because I really didn't get to all the points I want to discuss. So that's what we're going. That's our main talking point. Of course, I have other talking points. Some of my maybe we'll get to, to that I didn't get to, to yesterday, but new ones today. I want to talk about the existing housing sales, if I may. I want to talk about the 500,000 fewer jobs were created in 2018. Every year they re-benchmark these numbers, and this year has been a big downward revision of the jobs produced in 2018. 2017, there was a revision up. So I want to talk about that. What is that going to do? What does it mean? And I want to talk about entering a deflationary period. Deflationary, not inflationary. Everybody's talking about inflation and you know how we don't have any and how we're worried about it. I think we need to worry about deflation. So those things I'm going to discuss, but of course, you come first. The market was up today. Dow was up 240 points, the Nasdaq up 72 points, and the S&P up 24. Okay, let's go to Al in Virginia. How you doing, Al? I want to talk about a Roth IRA. How you doing, Al? Yeah, thank you, Steve, for taking my call. Yeah, I'm trying to understand Roth IRAs inside and out. I currently have a regular IRA, and I'm getting to the age where I'm going to have to start pulling money out of there. But, you know, I don't want to use it. I want to continue investing. So the question is, if I pull money out of the IRA, put it into the Roth IRA and and continue investing there, what I read, it sounds like I'll never have to pay taxes, even on the capital gains in that Roth IRA. Is that correct? That is absolutely correct. Yes. Roth, you have to pay taxes on the money you put in a Roth which you're going to do because you're going to pull it out of a regular IRA and it's going to be added to your income that year that you pull it out and you're going to be taxed on your income for that year, which includes a regular withdrawal of the IRA. Then you can take what's left, put it in a Roth, and it can grow tax-free forever and you never have to take it out. Never have to take it out. When you do take it out, it's totally tax-free. All the capital gains, all the dividends, whatever, never have to pay taxes on those. Okay, so yes, you've read that correctly, Al. Okay, I've never heard anybody recommend that uh, when you out of an IRA, you should always put it straight into a Roth. I mean, any other option, putting it into a brokerage account, would be a bad idea. So hopefully, well, there are uh, restrictions. Well known. Al, there are restrictions. There are restrictions. There are some restrictions. Um, I am not totally familiar with. You're going to have to talk to an accountant. Like, I don't know how old you are. And, you know, there's a point. I don't know if you can open up a Roth IRA without income, active income. I don't know the, all the little rules in and out. So you might want to check with your accountant before you do that. Okay? Appreciate it. Thanks, Al. Appreciate the call. Good question. You are listening to Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley, and let me remind you that we have a fairly new offering, Invest Talk Academy, which is tomorrow. My class will be tomorrow at 9 o'clock. I'm going to be talking about REITs, Real Estate Investment Trusts. 
It's an online training class covering a lot of a variety of financial investment subjects, how to manage money, and, and all about economics, different parts. And we try to do it in depth. Each little thing that we discuss, do it in depth on that particular topic. So go to investtalkacademy.com. You can sign up if you're interested. And we have all the, all the previous classes there. Once you sign up, you have access to all of them. We're headed into the break. I'm taking your questions now at 888-99-CHART. It's been a wild ride in the market, so strap on your wrist belt and pop in your earbuds. This is Invest Talk, and now more than ever, you need unbiased investing guidance. Tell your investor friends and neighbors that Steve Peasley is on duty and taking listener questions now. 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. Let's, okay, let's take a quick look at some of the benchmark numbers out today. Gold was up today, $1,512, $1,512 per ounce, up a bit. Oil was $57. You notice how steady oil has been? It's been for now for some time between $55 and $65. I mean, it's just steady. Ten-year Treasury yield, 1.56%. And that's more evidence of money moving into our market, a flight to safety into the U.S. They're driving that. Remember, only one interest rate is controlled by the Fed, and that's the overnight rate. That's the rate that the Fed charges banks to borrow money from the Fed. All the other interest rates are market-driven. They're driven by consumers. So what's happening is you have a lot of these, all this money from Europe and every place else that, have, that needs safety, Required safety, and they're you know they're looking for a safe place to go. And of course, they're coming here because they can actually make some interest, even though it's one point five six percent. Thirty-year fixed mortgage three point six percent, pretty decent. Uh, Bitcoin at nine thousand nine hundred fifty-one dollars, down eight hundred bucks today. Was that about eight percent, eight and a half percent one day? Anyways, also I want to talk about the July existing homes at some point today, but it was better than expected, so not a bad thing. Let's talk to Sean in San Jose. Let's talk about IRAs. How you doing, Sean? Good, good, Steve. Thank you. You have a great show. Thank you. So, so um, you know, one question is, um, I think the tax rates are low, right, you know, with the transfer right, tax cuts yes. the next six, seven years. So, you know, yeah. how, do, how do I calculate, um, you know, whether to put it in Roth or uh, 401k or regular 401k uh, because the tax rates will be high later. We have a lot of debt, right? Okay. Debt and all. So, is there, okay, is there a, a place, uh, are you guys help with that or is there a place I can go and look at it and make some projections? And, and uh, see whether well, the to continue to move to Roth 401k or a regular 401k. Okay. Let me explain a little bit to the listeners what you're, why you're concerned. Okay. So, Roth, you put money after taxes. So, whatever tax rate you're paying today is what you're paying on that money that you put into a Roth. And a regular 401k, a regular IRA, it's before taxes. So, you don't have to pay taxes on that. But when you pull it out in the future, you're going to have to pay taxes. So, so, so what's happening, Sean wants to figure out, okay, 
well, if I I know what the tax rate is today, and it's fairly low because you know tr- Trump lowered the tax rate. Maybe I should not put, put more money into the regular IRA and 401k, but put more money into Roth. But of course, and, and and the reason being is because down the road taxes could go up, and I'll pay more when I take money out. But then you also got to think about Sean, what what uh, what tax bracket you will be at in your retirement, and usually you're in a lower tax bracket, so usually it's better to put money in the regular IRA. I like you to put them in both, be honest, um, grow both the R Roth and the regular over time. But you know, you're asking me which is better, and should you think about not doing one or the other? And I'm going to say. The variables are too difficult. We don't know what the tax rate is going to be when you retire, when you start needing tax to take the money out. And you'll probably be in a lower tax bracket. So I would say you really want to contribute to your 401k, especially if they're matching. Then you want to get, got to get the free money. There's a lot of variables to think about in there. And it's hard to know. Uh, there's no one clear-cut answer. But my preference is, is you, you you put money in your 401k or your IRA and you put money in your Roth. You do both because, you know, who knows what is the right answer. And in the future, when you start taking money out, anything you take out of the Roth is not taxed. Anything you take out of the regular is taxed. And you could kind of balance them to keep you in the lowest tax bracket possible. That's a quick answer to a more complicated question <laughs> anyways. In the U.S., we have low unemployment, manufacturers fairly strong, and in spite of the all negative talk concerning possible recession, the U.S. consumer is still spending, and he's driving the, the, the economy. If the consumer continues to have confidence and keep spending, we will not fall into a recession. We will not. And there were three retailers out that reported numbers this week that are doing pretty good. Target, whose shares were up 15%, Lowe's up, shares are up 12%, and Walmart up 1%. So the consumer's still, consumer's still there. This is Best Talk. I'm Steve Peasley. And if you've been listening to Invest Talk for a while, you have heard me say that I believe every investor should determine their own individual risk tolerance. And you can do that by taking our risk tolerance questionnaire called Riskalyze. And it's on investtalk.com. Go there and take the questions. It's really simple. It's not hard. It's not long. I'm ready for your questions. 888-99-CHART. The trading month so far has been volatile. You are working toward financial freedom and you might want a little help. So Steve Peasley is here taking your questions now. Call InvestTalk, 888-99-CHART. Hello, Steve. Uh, I'm a really big fan of the show. I just wanted to ask a quick question. I'm a new investor. Um, I'm only 25 years old and recently I just got into day trading. A lot of the money I made from day trading, I've been putting into my savings account. I know a lot of day traders say to reinvest that money into my day trading account so I can day trade more. But I just wanted to ask, what's your outlook on that? Should I put back the money I make from day trading back into the day trading account? Or should I just put it into the stock market and let it grow? It's been a little bit in this decision. Anyways, have a good day. Love the show. Bye. Do not keep putting the money back into your day trading account. Do not. Most day traders fail at some point, and then you will lose all the money. 
So I do not take any profits you have, put them in as an investment as opposed to just trying to day trade. Most day traders are unsuccessful. And those that are successful, they don't just keep plowing back the money in and grow a bigger and bigger pot and take more and more and more risk because you're going to be wrong. You know, and you're probably going to be wrong more than you are right. Most day traders lose money. So if you're making money, don't get greedy. Okay, don't get greedy. There's only two emotions out there, and that's fear and greed. And the, and the more greedy you get, the more money you will lose. It's as simple as that. It's a hard lesson to learn. Trust me, I've learned it a couple, three times. Most people do have to learn it that way. But just don't get greedy. You're doing fine. If you're making money, take that profits and put them aside. Day trade with only a finite amount of money and make sure it's not very much. Because eventually you probably will lose it. Because it's more gambling than anything else. And there are successful gamblers out there. I'm not saying they're not. I'm just talking about most people aren't. My main talking point today, the prospect of increased regulation on the FANG stocks is coming back to haunt big tech. There's one particular stock that is probably more vulnerable than the others. Now, I'm not talking about Facebook, even though I think Facebook is pretty vulnerable. What's happening is you have a lot of state attorney generals are preparing and to launch a joint antitrust investigation to big tech. Okay, that's Apple, Amazon, Facebook, Alphabet. You know, it's going to be, and it's hard to imagine that they aren't a monopolies in their spheres. Um, so, because they're, they're so big and so dominant. So, uh, I, you know, and now you have not only the federal government looking into them, but you have attorney generals in every state who are combining and investigating this same thing. So, you're going to have, they're going to have different different points of attack on their businesses. And this is this we attack our most successful business constantly here in the United States. And, you know, I don't want to say it's a good thing, but I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing either. Because we don't want monopolies. Monopolies reduce choice, increase costs to you and me, the consumers, and they're unhealthy for an economy. Unhealthy. Monopolies are unhealthy. Now, that's, you know, you can, you can have a different opinion, but that's my opinion, and that's been proven over and over and over again that they are. So, um, you know, so I think, what, I think what you're looking at, if you're an investor in these companies, I just want you to be aware of them. That doesn't mean you don't invest in the companies. It means that you understand that they're going to be attacked, their growth is going to slow, there's going to be things that they have to deal with that eats into their profits, you know, they may have to split at some point. You just don't know what the rules or regs are going to eventually cost them. Maybe nothing, because Microsoft years ago was attacked. So was IBM years ago. And eventually those attacks went away because they couldn't prove IBM, with, where at one point was pretty much monopoly, but with the advent of the PC and the laptop, nah, nah, no no more. Big Iron wasn't the, wasn't the man. Microsoft, I'm not sure why they won, because they still are dominant in their operating system. So, but they did. They, they won that. But now they're going to be, they might get uh, be under the microscope again. Anyways, for many reasons, the U.S. will be pressured to lower interest rates, all right? So, what might happen? 
what might happen if the United States follows other economies and move interest rates to zero? I wrote a market commentary that will come out on Friday about this very subject. What's going to happen? And most of my most of that market commentary was how it's going to zero isn't working. Going to zero interest rates by the central governments in Europe and Japan has it improved their economies? They've been at zero for or less than zero for some time. I think there's 16 trillion dollars of negative inter, interest rate mortgage um, uh, uh, bonds, government bonds out there. 16 trillion has that helped their economy? Shouldn't their economy be better than ours if they if that is if going to zero or less than zero is a benefit? It's not working. Why do you keep doing it? I think that it's not going to work. <laughs> so, I'm not saying that we should have the interest rates we have. I'm just saying going to negative interest rates is not working. It hasn't helped anybody. Any economy that is out there hasn't really sparked the growth. And anyways, I won't pound on that too much. But can we go to zero? Can the U.S. go to zero? Yeah. It could, could happen here. It could. So we're heading into break, and here's the market on the trivia question, everybody. We've all seen the reports of political unrest in Hong Kong, right? There's some concern that it should, could soon affect the financial activities around the world, including Hong Kong. Hong Kong does have a stock market. How large is it? When was it founded? It's pretty big, by the way, just as a hint. I'll have the answer next. But for now, I'm Steve Peasley, ready to take your questions, 888-99-CHARGE. Your typical workday can be very busy. Assignments, appointments, responsibilities, obligations. Sometimes you start early and end late. For that reason alone, you may already be looking to the future, to a period when your money, your accumulated assets are working for you and ultimately creating financial freedom. There are many voices suggesting financial planning services, but there's one company, one firm, that offers a balanced variety of strategically designed investment plans. One firm that applies decades of experience to enable a client personalized collaboration. One firm that can show you how to optimize an investment portfolio that fits your lifestyle objectives and risk tolerance limitations. One firm that speaks with a clear, logical, and unbiased voice. Start with a contact call to KPP Financial or visit kppfinancial.com. This is Invest Talk. Summer is moving fast, and your path to financial freedom begins with the right strategy. You've got questions? Steve and Justin have answers. Call now, 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. Give me a call. Ask any financial questions you want. So before the break, I asked a market trivia question. Now, we've all seen the reports of political unrest coming out of Hong Kong, and there is some concern that it could affect our, you know other financial markets and activities. And there's two, by the way, in Hong Kong. Hong Kong does have a stock market. How large is it? When was it founded? It's pretty big. Hong Kong is a territory within China. It used to be, it's an island. It was leased to, it was leased to England for a hundred years, a hundred year lease, and it turned back to them, to back to them meaning China, about 20 years ago. The stock market of Hong Kong is based in Hong Kong, right? In the downtown. 
Uh, it was found in 1891. Okay, it's the third largest in Asia, behind uh, Japan's and uh, Shanghai stock market. Okay, it has 2,315 listed companies in 2017 in U.S. dollars. The stock exchange in Hong Kong had a combined market capitalization of $4.3 trillion. Pretty big. Here's an interesting little fact. English is an official language in Hong Kong, which means that that the company registrations and certificates of incorporation can be more easily understood. Translated from Cantonese, Hong Kong literally means spice harbor or fragrant harbor. Kind of interesting stuff, huh? Well, I think it's interesting. Okay, let's grab another caller. This came in earlier at 888-99-CHART. Hi, Steve. This is Carol in Alabama. Great show. I really appreciate you. I have an IRA at my bank, and it is American Funds Moderate Growth Income. Boy, Love, Paul, Charlie, X, and X-Ray. And I was wondering if this is a great fund or if if there's much better funds out there. First of all, how do I find out about them? And am I able to transfer from one IRA to a different IRA without penalty? I recently resigned from my job and I have a 401k that I need to transfer over. I'm just trying to find, make sure I have the, uh, I'm transferring it to the best possible place. Um, It's a traditional IRA going to transfer it over to that one, but wanted to see if there's uh, better options. Thank you so much. I'll be listening on the podcast. Yes, there are a lot better options. Uh, it's not a great uh, idea to buy mutual funds through a bank because they're usually loaded funds, meaning you have to pay commissions, and there's just many un- non-loaded funds out there that you could buy. And I would not roll my uh, old 401k into a bank IRA. I would roll that into another IRA, maybe at a discount brokerage firm like TD Ameritrade or you know, even Schwab. You can roll them. You can roll it over to anybody. Vanguard. Vanguard has very low-cost mutual funds out there. But I would probably roll it over to a discount broker. TD Ameritrade is my favorite. And then you can buy any mutual funds or stocks you want to buy. And I would take the bank IRA and roll that into the TD IRA and you know, combine them. You don't need to have two. It never makes sense to have two. And then you know you could hire someone like me, or you could do it yourself. Uh, to manage that account and you can buy other much better no load mutual funds and you can look them up using uh, Morningstar.com. Morningstar, that's what their main thing is, is they analyze mutual funds and they analyze them by star, putting stars on them. One, two, three, four, and five stars. I like to buy three and four star mutual funds and you can look them up at Morningstar. It takes a little bit of work but you can do it but I would not roll it over to the bank IRA, and I would not buy mutual funds from the bank. Usually, they're not the best. Remember, they're selling them, and they have to make commissions to do that. When you can buy them without commissions, and they, they call them loads, L-O-A-D, that's a loaded fund. That means that you have to pay a commission. When there's just as many no-load funds out there, just as good. Anyways. Okay. Appreciate the call. Okay, um, the existing home sales report came out today, and it was up two and a half percent from June to July. 
this com- this report comes out reported by National Association of Realtors. Realtors. Uh, it's also up six tenths of one percent year over year. Medium sales price was up four point three percent to two hundred eighty thousand eight hundred. Now, what we did notice is the rates have been so the rate of growth. Of, in other words, the rate of number of sales, the rate of, pro- of prices, or that rate of growth is slowing down. Okay, which is good. Inventory is still kind of lean at 4.2 months. That's how they count inventory. How many months does it take to sell the existing homes, what we have right now? And 4.2 months is what the rate is now. It was 4.4 the month before. And a benchmark, the one that people look at as normal, is six months. So at 4.2, it's tight. It's telling you the housing market is tight and still fairly healthy. That's what it's telling you. Um, with the mortgage rates going down, it, and most most experts feel that the housing market is going to stay fairly healthy because it's been a tight market. In other words, the supply has been tight. So demand is still there. That's uh, good news for the housing market. I'm Steve Peasley, and you're listening to Invest Talk. So obviously, obviously, you understand the importance of guidance, unbiased guidance, and experience. I have lots of that. So I encourage you to consider subscribing to our KPP Premium Newsletter as well, written and distributed every Friday by me. In the newsletter, you'll get valuable information such as a week's market analysts, you know, what's happening in the week, both economically and the stock market, portfolio management guidance, stock ideas, a couple of them every week. And you subscribe anytime at investdot.com. That's our premium KPP premium newsletter. And now I'm ready to take your questions. 888-99-CHART. This is Invest Talk. And if you live or work anywhere in Southern California or the New York City area, Steve Peasley has added new dates to his portfolio review consultation opportunities. Serious investors understand that a balanced portfolio is essential to achieving financial freedom. And Steve Peasley can sit down with you, analyze your positions, and then offer to make strategic improvements. Steve has added Thursday, October 10th for San Jose, and he's added Thursday, November 7th for New York City. There is no cost and no obligation. Don't delay. Head to the Portfolio Review page at investtalk.com and register now. The Invest Talk radio and podcast continues. The phone lines are open. Call with your questions. 888-99-CHART. Hey, Steve or Justin. Just a question about real estate or more importantly, mortgages. During a recession, I think we all kind of assume it's usually better to buy a property because you're going to get a little better deal. But what about the interest rate for mortgages? Does that usually fall in recessions too? Um, Is it lowered in the middle of a recession or maybe coming out of a recession as maybe the Fed tries to lower interest rates to maybe spark the economy? Just wondering your thoughts on that and uh, any other thoughts you have on uh, possibly purchasing real estate in a recession. Thanks so much. I'll listen on the podcast. 
Okay, it's very interesting. Uh, I will be doing a class on REITs, real estate investment trusts, tomorrow. So, and I'll be talking a little bit about this. And there's there's guidance out there. When's the best time to buy real estate? And it is the best time to buy real estate is in the recession. They they do the real estate does the best coming out of the recession, coming out of it. And in a recession, interest rates are usually at their lowest. Coming out of recession, the Fed will start raising rates, and the mortgage rates will start to. Re- Respond by going up slowly uh, because the economy is starting to improve. So the best time to buy real estate is in the depths of the reception recession, and that's true for stocks as well. Stocks collapse in the depths of recession. So yeah, um, right now is not the best time to buy real estate. You might feel like it because interest rates are low, but interest rates could go lower, and we're not in a recession yet. So, you know, property values will come down a bit when we're in the recession. We're not there, though. It could take, could be months, could be a year, could be up to two years before we move into recession. It's possible. I predicted a couple of years ago that I think we would be in a recession late this year or early next year, but that might not be the case. It could be, but that may not be either. And it's hard to know when you're in a recession, when you're actually in a recession, you you know, you don't know for sure until you get the economic numbers, which are always coming later, right? So how do you know for sure you're in it? Well, you only know for sure that you are in it or were in it based on what the economic numbers are telling you, and that's a, a month ago or a quarter ago, ago that you're reading them. <laughs> so it's hard to know for sure. And we know that uh, Germany and England, the United Kingdom, are both have one quarter of negative of shrinkage so far, but a definition of recession is two quarters in a row or more of shrinkage in your GDP. We haven't had any shrinkage. We've had slowdown in our growth, but we still have growth. Okay, good question. Appreciate it. Thank you. Okay, um, Every year, the Labor Department, Bureau of Labor Statistics, uh, revises the last year's jobs numbers, okay? And it's an annual review. They do it every year. And usually, it's not a much of a change. It's less than 1%, but they just released 2018, and they revised the number of jobs created in 2018 down by 500,000 jobs. That is a ton. That's a lot. Okay. Uh, so, what does this really mean? They also said that the wage growth was 3%. Usually, in a very tight market, labor market, the wage growth is usually around 4%. But maybe we don't have a tight labor market. We thought we did with 500,000 fewer jobs produced last year. What this means is that maybe the Fed will look at this number and say, hmm, we're not as, uh, the labor market is not as tight as we thought it was. So maybe they can you know, use that as an excuse to lower interest rates. You know, remember, our interest rates are much higher than anybody else's. I'm talking about the EU and Japan, the other two big, huge economies around the world, and then China, which doesn't have the same kind of economic statistics that we could gauge. But the two big central governments that are um, free economies, which is EU and Japan, their interest rates are negative. 
Ours are not. Ours are still positive. Anyways, we'll see if this 500,000 fewer jobs last year than expected does anything. The year before, by the way, it was 43,000 more jobs for that year than was originally produced, originally reported. More jobs, not less, but only 43,000, which, you know, that's an error factor that, as I said, it's 1% error factor, which is normal. This one was much bigger than normal. Interesting things, I thought. Okay, uh, China's biggest e-commerce company, Alibaba, has delayed its up uh, delayed its up to $15 billion listing in the Hong Kong market because of the growing political unrest in Asia. Remember, Alibaba listed on our stock exchange, right? And an ADR, American Depository Receipt, but not on the Hong Kong. The decision was made on the back of, on the lack of financial and political stability. You need stability, you know, in 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 anything before people feel comfortable. People meaning corporations who people who run the corporation feel comfortable doing anything. You need stability. So that that listing was going to be closely watched, and it still now is, you know, and of course. You know, there there needs to be stability in that market there, and Beijing is keeping an eye on the you know the situation. They have lots of troops surrounding. Remember, Hong Kong is an island, and it belongs to China. Interesting stuff there. Adam in Los Angeles wants to talk about investing. How you doing, Adam? I'm doing great. I love your podcast, and um, Thank I have you. a question. I'm, I have about a thousand uh, silver dollars that I've uh, purchased a while ago. Unfortunately, it's the top of the market, and uh, okay. I actually bought some more at 20 and it got my average cost is around $32. And I was curious what you think the outlook is for silver over the next two or three years. I think it looks pretty good for this year. This year? Um, and I, it's hard for me to go project out further. I think precious metals will do well. Dollar has gone up. And precious metals have gone up with it. That's unusual. Usually, precious metals, silver and gold, go up when the dollar goes down. Usually, precious metals goes up when inflation goes up, and we have no inflation. So, there's three things that drive precious metals. Inflation, we don't have, so it's not driving it. A dollar going down, but it's not going down. And fear. We have economic fear around the world. I think that's what's driving investors to precious metals. So if the dollar goes down, that will help silver and gold. Silver though has one silver itself has one more component that gold does not have, and silver is used in a lot of different things. Gold is not used so much. It's just something nice to look at, even though there is bits of gold in computers and stuff. So Silver might go up based on strong economies as well. We don't have that. <laughs> so so I still think, you know, one of, through one of those things happen, it will still drive up the, the, those precious metals. I think it will. This is Invest Talk, everybody. I'm Steve Peasley, and we have one goal here, and that is to help you achieve financial freedom. And we're going to work on that more after this break. Get your questions in now, 888-99-CHART. On the next Invest Talk, according to the Target CEO, 
The festering U.S.-China trade war creates problems for retailers because it makes it more difficult to plan and manage their businesses. That story tomorrow. But now Steve Peasley is here, ready with answers, and he's waiting for your questions. Call Steve, 888-99-CHART. Hey, Steve and Justin. Love this show. Thanks for everything you guys have taught me. I have a question about two different stocks I was hoping to get your input on. The first company is Activision Blizzard. The ticker is ATVI. Was wondering what you guys think about that. And the other one is Turtle Beach Company. It's H-E-A-R. Would just love to get your input on those two stocks and whether you would buy, sell, what you do. Thanks. Okay, I try to keep it to one stock per question because not everybody's interested in your stocks. So, well, let's talk about Activision. It's a big company, $37.5 billion, publishes interactive entertainment software and peripheral products, products for console handheld devices. Most people have heard of them. They make, they're make they going to make $2.19 this year. That's the estimate after making two seventy five last year. And next year, they're going to make two fifty-five. It's going to bounce up. Sales growth in the last recent, most recent quarter went down 15%, June quarter uh, of 2019. So it went down 15%, which is why the stock has had, you know, problems. Okay. Um, it was down, it got as low as $42 in earlier in June or so. Um, and let me go back here. Let me take a look at that. Yeah, so it's been going pretty much basing and sideways for the most of the year. Okay, uh, it was higher last year; it was up around eighty dollars. So, this this move, this slower growth was anticipated, and the pro, the stock pro, uh, not, you know reacted to that. Is it a good time to buy? I I think it might be because it has been basing for months now. Basing means going sideways. And it's a $49 stock, going to make $2.51. So you can't say that it's cheap either. It's just not. A return equity is very good at 20%. Cash flow is pretty strong at $3.58. But, you know, the growth has to come back. For it to drive higher, growth has to come back. And they're projecting better growth next year than this year. So it might be a good time to buy this stock, but don't think you're getting it at a real bargain. It's going to make $2.51 at a $50 stock, so you're looking at a 20 PE or so, and that's not cheap. And it's not cheap, especially if it's not growing. You know, the mark, Remember, the average market PE is S&P 500 is 15 over long periods of time. Usually tech stocks have higher PEs, and this would be considered a tech stock. Um, but not a you know, it's in the computer software gaming industry, but it's not growing. But it, you know, it does that. Activision comes out with big games, and then they get real hot, and then they die hot, and so it's very cyclical kind of. But it's kind of on its own cycle, not necessarily necessarily the economics it's attached to the economic cycle. So you had to figure, you had to look into well, what's the new games coming out that it's going to have. And if they look good, you this might be a good time to buy it. I just can't tell by looking at the the numbers right, you know, in front of me. I, I had to do more and research more. Okay, okay. Uh, we're entering a deflationary period. 
low rent, low interest rates, lower wages, lower inflation. We don't have much inflation. Japan has had deflation for a long time. Since 1999, they've been fighting deflation. We want, you know, the dollar is strong. We, you know, lower rates means deflationary, right? Lower rates going down, interest rates going down is deflationary. Salaries have not really increased that much. Frankly, I think the forget the Federal Reserve should forget about targeting the interest rates at this point and they should worry about money supply. And if they because inflation is really a monetary issue. Money. Print more money. Make your money make your money worth less is inflationary. And to do that, you print more money than is needed. It also will push stock prices and push the economy higher, but it will inflate the currency. You want inflation. You don't want deflation. How do you fight deflation? It's pretty difficult. How do you get out of a deflationary cycle? It's hard. Think about that. So it's easier to fight inflation. So inflate, produce, print more money. That's how you would do it. If you want inflation, you print more money. I'm Steve Peasley, and this completes another InvestTalk program. I'll be back Friday, because I'm off tomorrow. Justin will be here with highlights from the new PPP news, newsletter that goes out every Friday. And please tell your investor friends that uh, we've added new dates for our Coast, coast uh, Portfolio Reviews in San Jose and New York. Learn more. Register now at InvestTalk.com. Good night, everybody. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice, or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis, and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor, which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is President and Justin Klein Chief Executive Officer of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial. And they thank you for listening and welcome your comments or questions on our 24-hour listener line at 888-99-CHART.